receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. beelining for Disney. We just have to beeline someplace else. Yeah, like Jason went to Knott's. Knott's Berry and Fan. I haven't been there since I was like six. I don't think... I think I was a little older than six, but I don't think it was much. The only thing I remember about it was mining for gold. I vaguely recall that. I'd like to go. And I know it's changed a lot since then. But Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think is that the high sign that we can say this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet dot com. Boy, we were just getting really nostalgic about amusement parks. It's the that season. time. It is. It is. Uh, and of course, across from me, hosting physically at the kitchen table of the Brett Cave. This is the studio. This is the studio. I'm sorry, I've destroyed the magic. Uh, <laughs> the dining room table. Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. And of course, uh, this is uh, this is November thirtieth. Yes. How did 2016... It couldn't go fast enough, and yet it still went too fast. Um, too many bad things happened this year. I don't know. But anyway, it's Wednesday, November 30th, and uh, so here we are. We are not responsible for any news uh, that happened after about... Oh, my gosh. We, we just gabbed for a while after 8 o'clock. Um, anyway, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, please uh, review us, rate us, uh, subscribe, tell your friends as word of mouth that makes tell this happen. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. That's the biggest They'll one. They'll thank you for it. Hope, well, we, we'll hope. Uh, you know, we, we'd like to think we're entertaining uh, and sometimes informative. Uh, so, uh, also, of course, if uh, we talk about anything on this podcast that uh, you think you would like to have for your very own, which would be convenient on tonight's episode because it is our gift guide episode for 2016, the holiday season. Uh, you can if you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store, and it's it's you're going to be listening to this past Cyber Monday because that was two days ago, and even we know that with our weird time traveling podcast, uh, you can still you can find it on go through the Amazon link on Fanboy Planet, or uh, you know if you can't find it there, uh, we get a small kickback. And my other or was that of course we also have think geek uh as an affiliate uh, we are affiliated with uh think geek and if you use, if you go to the think geek website through the ad on fanboyplanet.com we also get a very small kickback and they have some amazingly cool things that i have purchased too much from think geek this year <laughs> <laughs> you know it's you know it's a bad thing when you're looking through the think geek catalog and you go uh there's something here i don't have already I, i've never had I that problem uh but uh the only thing that i will i have to rescind a recommendation from like two years ago was that um that enterprise door alarm um, oh yeah, yeah yeah that they have that at elusive comics and every yeah. time i walk through it startles me and i'm like yeah in hindsight, it's a really good thing that I never <laughs> bought that for my house. But anyway, uh, so you can go to Think Geek, and, and of course, uh, if you uh, 
you know, if you just want to help uh, defray the cost of hosting the website and or the podcast, you can go to PayPal and just uh, do something through editor at fanboyplanet.com, uh, which, of course, also, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you want to say, hey, that gift you recommended was awesome, we'd love to hear that. We yeah. do. Does anybody else share the same taste as we do? We're going to find out tonight. All right, so we got some a little bit of comics news. We're re- a little bit of movie news, and a little bit, very little, because we're going to really turn the lion's share of this over to the gift guide. What do you want to do? Do you want to do gift guide first, or do you want to do a little bit of comics and play what's in the bag? Let's do that first, and we'll end okay. with the gift bag. Okay, so let's the uh, gift bag. You're the gift guide. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go with the comics news, and I, I don't really have much. I, oh, we did say the one thing is. You notice that today, uh, DC released, because Marvel's been doing this for a while, yeah. but DC finally released their own direct currents. We're back to that. I remember that from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, e. Nelson Bridwell, I believe, was the guy. Bob Rosakis was the guy running direct currents. Um, they've got their own little preview magazine telling you what's coming up, and it's free. It's and 35 pages. Awesome. Not 52? No. Nope. Um, but anyway, uh, and we notice in the back, that, or near the back, that there was a, an ad mentioning the new... Oh, and there's Hard Traveling Heroes being revived uh, as a concept. It's not in this book, was it? Was no, it, it was in JLA. It was just in the back of D- JLA. Yeah. We've got a bunch of trades coming uh, January, February, March, April, May. That, of course, I knew this was coming, uh, and it looks like it's going to be branded, that uh, you've got Volume 1 of the trade paperback starting over. Rick was a little concerned yeah. that this was going to cause confusion on your shelf. And Not on yourself, actually. I'm, I'm more concerned about when it shows up in, like, a uh, comic buyer guide. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. But I, they are being branded at least as DC Universe Rebirth. On the cover. I don't know how long that dressing is going to stay. Yeah. But I, I, I think that, as I was saying, I think the new 52 trade paperbacks have remained new 52 even when you go up to, like, volume 7 or 8. I believe you're So correct. I think we just have to divide it up in the epochs, if you will, right. of, uh, of DC Comics. and uh, So we're going to be rebirth for a decade. Five years? Six years? A Half a decade. Half a decade. Yeah. Well, eventually we're going to die out. And I don't know what you can call it after rebirth. It's don't. After- don't. Don't. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. It was pretty that. obvious. Oh, you horrible human being. Um, so, anyway. Um, I do have... This actually goes over to sort of movie and TV, but it's a comic news. Last week, or the night before Thanksgiving, uh, at Elusive Comics and Game, John Lehman signed the final issue of chew it's fanboy planet favorite john uh fanboy and then we had a nice conversation uh and he did give me a little bit of news i won't call it it was scoob he said if anybody tweets him he was freely admitting this can you say it like he would say it no i don't want to just in case he listens okay um because the funny thing is when when we talk now we talk Legos, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I didn't want to get it. But he did say, uh, we can say that the Chu animated film with Steve Young and uh, and David Tennant uh, and Fe- and Felicia Day, Day um, is dead. Aw. So uh, not allowed to talk about the details. Um, and there, there's really not much to say other than so the option expired. But So did the rights revert back to him? Yes. Okay. So the so, rights have reverted back to him. and um, So that's good news because somebody who would do something with it could pick it up now. Well, it's good news, but it's also a lot of work that went into it. You sure. Know, they, you know, they, they did have actors. They did record 
at record. I don't know how much, but it's been years. There was a name. It's been two or three. I think yeah. he actually came on the podcast to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and but we we had an interesting conversation, and I think I'm, I'm fair to say this is. You know, years ago, I don't remember who was allegedly interested in doing it as a live action when it first started. Because I think Chu mm-hmm. started in 2009 um, when we first had him on the podcast. Because we had him when it first started. Uh, that someone immediately, you know, became it became this bestseller for Image. Some network came came around. And one of the things is all they, all they really wanted was the basically you know, you call it the cybopath, the cannibal, what do you call cannibal psychic cop? Um, you know, so that's all they wanted. They didn't want, uh, Chu, Tony Chu to be Tony Chu. You know, they, they wanted a a white actor. And I've heard that, that story from a lot of different people, but, um, one of the things he said is, well, now that he's finished the finished Chu, it's kind of like the Alan Moore take that, it's uh it's the it's the story is on record his version is done and that's a good thing and then the other you know the other thing is he says like what was an impediment in 2009 now might actually be a better selling point in terms of diversity so sure maybe you can actually do a live action which i think would be kind of fun to see on something like stars or hbo you know I, not that any, that's all speculation by the way i'm not saying and that any of that is as far as like HBO and stars, I don't know that they're interested. That's just speculation. Like it would make a, make a good, a good home for it or even AMC. I mean, AMC certainly gave Glenn, because that's the great thing. Glenn Young could totally play Tony Chu live action. You're looking back at something. No, I'm, I'm just thinking, um, I, I would, I would really like to see this thing get visualized properly on adult swim, you know? As a, as a real and animated show with voice actors, and have the same same kind of following as the Venture Brothers. Well, like the Venture Brothers, but the one I'm thinking of more is uh, Squidbillies. <laughs> Metalocalypse. Actually, actually, it's I don't think it's Adult Swim. Um, oh, Archer. Archer. Yeah. Is um, that is that Adult Swim or is that no? That's, that's FX. That is FX. Right. Or now I'm sorry, it's FXX. So the yeah 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 yeah. That's the problem with watching everything on DVR. I have no idea what anything <laughs> is, and I only watch. I, I watched on demand, so yeah, I, I, I barely thing. know as well. Yeah, I just. But, I want, so. but you think about. I, I'd like to see. I, I'd like to see the chickens animated the way they look in the comic strip. You know the the frogs. Yeah. You know the same thing. I don't want them to have the chogs. Chogs, right? I, I'd like to see that show. You know, get a following based on layman's art. You know, Guillory's art, Guillory's art, layman's words, Rob Guillory. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, so that's our the art of his writing that there. That's almost clever. Rick. I did almost I got so close. Just in time. So close. Just in time. No, no, no. Write no. in to editor at <laughs> fanboyplanet.com. Uh, Just a metric skosh. <laughs> yeah. A pinch. Uh, so that's, uh, that's really the only like comics thing we had was talking about the trades coming and, and chew, and what a run, though. I mean, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, when you talk about what, trades, the other thing is I realized is like, you know, you have the trade paperbacks. You can read it that way if you haven't. Uh, you can go to you can go to Elusive and get tra- signed trades and so forth. But that you've got the trade paperbacks. You've got the hardcover Omnivore edition. Yes. One thing that I completely missed had happened 
is the Smorgasbord edition. Oh, I didn't see that. With all the bonuses, it's the coffee table book oh, it's of got like all the, the first, all the, like the first the chicken's name, the rooster's name, Poyo, Agent Poyo, Agent Poyo. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. The Smorgasbord edition is like, like so the so the um, omnivore edition is ten issues. Okay. The Smorgasbord edition, I think, is is twenty. Okay. And it's an oversized coffee table book with all the preliminary oh, sketches so and so forth. Oh, okay. And, and that's what John it's said. It's like an absolute. That's what Layman said. Is like, you know, yeah, this is not to, he says, it's a beautiful book, but I can't lift it and read it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's like, it's like Burgess Meredith. It's the new version of Burgess Meredith. I, I, so you finally have, to, have the time to read it, but I can't I, lift I, the book. But I don't have arm strength. Uh, you know, that you have to you have to decide which version you're going to commit to. Because that's ruined me for Elephant Man. Like, yeah, I have Elephant Man and all the on all the hardcovers. But then Image has decided to change how they oh, have gather I got a book, them up. Have I got a book for you? <laughs> no, I don't need it. Because uh, I haven't finished Elephant Man either. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I have we'll like, get back to it. I have six editions of that. You know, six yeah. volumes of that. And I went to Richard and said, Richard Starkings, and said, you know, where's the seven? That's what I need to get. And he said... Yeah, it's it's not ready yet, you know, even though we've got the books it just they changed how they do the trade. So once you've once you've purchased some started collecting something in a certain format, yeah. you have to maintain that format. Because we're obsessive compulsive uh, and want it to look right on the shelf. First of all, I still need to get a shelf. But <laughs> No, I, I can I can tell you I've got all the I've got all the um the original uh Sin City volumes in the original the first editions of all, and it drives me crazy because they changed the spine design. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do I get rid mm-hmm. of the first edition so that match up with everything else? Or it's do sort I, of like that. Do I double them up on the shelf? Cardi Angelo and I've had that joke about how every, he keeps buying um, Elvis Costello's seminal album. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever format it goes. And I'm so, I feel the same way about Bad, Bad Out of Hell. I think I have bought Meat Loaf's Bad Out of Hell in every single format it's oh, I know ever I been released. I know I have. And, you know, and, it's the same, and then the joke was for comics, it's Watchmen, because you remember a few weeks ago, right. Watchmen came out with the individual <laughs> issues yes. as hardcovers in a box set. Stupid. And I was like, no, I will resist that can, because I there's can, no point. I, right. I, you know, but that's it, just an intelligence test right there. So let's so let's get to what's in the bag. What's Please. in your bag this week? What can you buy this week at the comic this shop? This week in the comic shop. Okay, I'm going to start with one. Uh, it's uh, I had not read the first issue when I recommended this, um, but I and I do like the fact that I, I've not been re- I've not read a lot of crime comics. I've not been a big fan of. Is it does Millar write them or is that Ed Brubaker? Is Brubaker, Brubaker, about? yeah. Um, you know, I, I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad I didn't recommend the fade out. Okay. When I when I see them, I, 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 I but I've never been compelled to get it. But when I saw, I think you're missing out. By the way, Brubaker's crime comics are fantastic. And I'm not. You're not the first person to tell me that. But when I saw a comic with the hard case crime mm-hmm. logo on it, I went, "This you recommended be good. the first issue." Yeah. And I've read the first issue, loved it. Second issue is out this week. Um, it's it's not for boys. It's not for, it's not for not for kids. But uh, it's uh, it's really good noir. It's really and from Titan Books. So we just needed to call yeah. it as the publisher. Titan Comics. Titan well, it's Titan Books. Yeah, but it's the imprint, imprint on the imprint. Comic I comics. I know, but it is Titan, Titan, Titan Books. Okay, uh, which by the way has an editorship open. Uh, so they just put an ad out for that. Somebody sent me that and said, uh, you, you know, you want to apply. But I've seen in uh, in previews that there's a number of storylines coming out in this imprint. Is that a Glenn? This is Peepland. Is, is that a Glenn uh, Fabry cover? Is that Chris Gary? Wall. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chris Wall. This is a, you know, it's it's one of those ladies behind the glass. So, I don't know about that. Christina Faust and Gary Christa, Phillips. Krista. Krista. I did that before too. Krista Faust and Gary Phillips. Uh, that's Garina. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go a little odd. Oh, you know, one I didn't bring, but I want to put out there was because it just came out right before Thanksgiving. But I think it's available in stores now. Is uh, t- Famous Monsters of Filmland? Their American uh-huh. Gothic Press okay. released an anthology, uh, Tales from the Acker Mansion. So interesting. Uh, so horror short stories in comics form, uh, with a lot of actual local artists to hear. Uh, Mark Renee, who uh, is a San Jose guy, uh, and just a couple other people, and and oddly enough. DC publisher Dan DiDio wrote a story for it, and it's all the host of the book is essentially Forrest Forrest. Ackerman. It was there to commemorate his 100th birthday. Now, Forey did not have a pleasant uh, separation from famous monsters, or at least whoever bought it. Right, but that's not the person who owns it now. Okay, so in Forey, of course, is long gone. So I'm just thinking it's the estate of Forrest is is allowing them to use his uh, Some stories use him as an active character, and some some stories just put him kind of in the background. It was interesting because in the way, you know, to me, anthologies are often hit, hit or miss. Most of the stories were hit. I actually really thought that Dan DiDio's story... And he gets a bad rap as a writer, I think, because a lot of the books that he's plotted have been canceled from DC. You know, but yeah. I kind of, but I enjoyed his OMAC. I thought, you know, when he wants to just get nuts and to write a short horror story, it was pretty creepy, and it, it was good. And so there's a lot of different art styles going on, and that's and that's sometimes hard for me uh, because I'm used to thinking of I'm I'm used to thinking of Tales from the Crypt and ta- and and Tales from the Vault. Right. Uh, the Vault of Horror, rather, um, you know, as being like Jack Davis and, and, and you know, people right, with right. somewhat Wallywood. similar similar styles. And it's got it. This is a lot more experimental in some of some of it, and some of it's very straightforward. Well, so, that's what you want to do now. Nowadays, and in right? a, so, now, yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, definitely is it magazine format is a standard the comic hardcover. Size? It's a hardcover, hardcover. anthology. It wow. is beautiful, and they actually launched it. Um, you could buy it at Alien Con back in October. Uh, but they couldn't, I'd kickstarted it and they, they, uh, they couldn't give me a copy because, and they're right, is they said they, they couldn't figure out how to track if they'd given copies to people who showed up at the convention uh, because yeah, there's that's... a couple of books that I've kickstarted where they've said, come pick it up at the con. And then I still get it in the mail. Yeah. That's something with, with a lot of kickstarters for games. If you're going to be in Essen, Germany at the time, you have to kickstart a specific thing. This is, you will pick up in Essen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then they have to, make and then they just get excited that they have it, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was fine. I waited, I got the book. It was, it, it was really terrific. And I'm hoping they do more because I think that the, there's some, you know, something about horror anthologies that I, I will, I, I might not yeah. follow a full horror comic, Although, you know, like the, the concept's not going to hold my attention because most aren't. But short stories really, re- in comics form, really, really get me. They're it's, good. It's nice to see him as a host in a magazine. It was a great idea. He's just like the sweetest man, uh, so enthusiastic about everything. And the idea that, that like Elvira, like Bob Wilkins, all these, all these, oh, yeah. all these kind of people who weren't, weren't in the movies but helped people find them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There was a calling. Yeah. You know, I mean, or as how is it that uh, Sal Pizarro says it about what, what we do is, you know, you've got your vocation. Yes. 
Well, I still want to be a content creator, but that's all right. So what's next on your stack? Okay, so next on my stack is, ah, let's go to 7 to Eternity, issue number three. I read the first two issues of this. I remember I picked it up, and um, really quite good. I didn't realize when I picked it up that it's actually kind of a sorcery alien kind of concept. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, complex uh, story and... From Image. From Image. A Rick Remender uh, story. So, Rick Remender's uh, when he's not working on somebody's franchise, I find really great. Yeah, I, I love his work. It's so interesting and so challenging. I've not liked his mainstream superhero work, but I love his little side things like Fear Agent. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They talk about Fear Agent in the in the afterwards of those right. two. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with uh, next Jughead number eleven. From Archie Comics, uh, mainly because Sabrina the Teenage Witch actually makes it into their mainstream Archie continuity with this issue of Jughead. Cool, so and I'm, that's the new relaunched uh, look yeah. for all the characters and stuff? Well, it's a different artist now. This Derek Charm, a somewhat new art, uh, artist on it. Well, I, I've really enjoyed this. I, is Chip Zdarsky's or No, it's new new creative team a couple of issues back. Um you know, I had to, I had to make a make a choice tonight. They said, "Do you want an elusive?" They said, "Do you do you want to order Reggie and me?" <laughs> no, I hate Reggie. Yeah, I, I never bought that book when it when it was you know. So no, I'm not going to buy it. Right, right. You know, but I have enjoyed overall Archie and Jughead. Um, I think I, I think I still picked up Betty and Veronica too. But yeah, I'm buying but, I'm buying Betty Betty and Veronica, and I think I bought the Archie story. Yeah. So. Yeah. I you know they're they're fun they're good yeah and I'm still gonna hold on to the horror books if they ever come out again and they and, keep on doing Adam Hughes covers for Betty and Veronica well no he's writing and drawing it is he drawing it have you actually opened the book yes okay yes he's drawing it I, I just hadn't remembered yeah yeah uh, so my third is uh, this issue of the tenth issue of JLA Justice League of America which is a Hitch um, book Brian Hitch yes and I'm loving this and I'm. I'm confused by it because if you look at the Justice League of Justice League book, this this has the feel of Ultimates Avengers that Marvel did years ago. It is called Ultimates, not Ultimates Ultimate Avengers, right? Ultimates, and then which was the Avengers characters reimagined in the Ultimate Universe. But if you watch the animated films, that's Ultimate Avengers. Yeah, they make it so easy. The current run of Justice League is closer thematically and artistically to this book, which is obviously more of a, we're not going to talk about the rest of the DC universe. It's all focused on on the characters of the Justice League. It's the core Justice League because team. you also notice this is still pre-rebirth. Yeah. So, but it's, if you're reading like, uh, what was it? The State of Fear was the last, the last arc, arc in uh, Justice mm-hmm. League. Which had some great scenes in it. It had some, I mean, they were throwing down big damage to the world. Mm-hmm. And you had things like Batman and Superman talking about how they were going to kill each other. As they were both collapsed after having fought each other. And, and Superman's going, yeah. To quote Lego Batman, I have one enemy. It's Superman. <laughs> um, I'm seeing other enemies. <laughs> and this is a book, this is actually that book I keep on thinking I'm going to come to a point where I'm going to drop this one. I I know I'm going to. Um, not so much the JLA, the Hitch book, 
because I, I appreciate when they're telling the story and it's not part of the bigger DCU. Well, I think you're going to get to drop it because I think it's ending and then they're going to relaunch. Is it ending? Rebirth. Yeah, I, I had a feeling because this one, this one yeah. was ten. All right, and my last one uh, for the this week is the DC Universe Rebirth Annual with Superman, which is still the regular uh, team of Tomasi and Gleason. Although it looks like Phil Jimenez is doing something as a backup. Uh, but mainly it's got me because it's Superman and Swamp Thing, and I'm just a sucker. Always, yeah, often let down by Swamp Thing appearances in the mainstream superhero books, but it's Superman and Swamp Thing, so it pulled me in, and uh, it'll be worth it trying the annuals. It's not the only annual that came out this week. And remember when annuals were summer books? Remember when annuals felt thicker than the regular books? Uh, yes, I do recall that. <laughs> <laughs> and they only cost a dollar. So These uh, only cost a dollar more than the regular books. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, those 100 page spectacles were 50 cents. Yeah. Uh, so let me go to a little movie news. And this is oh, just. Just because just we haven't gushed on it for a while. Uh, action comics. Um, have you been. Are you caught up on it? I'm action? not caught up on it. Uh, but. So we got. We got. Uh, Superboy. Well, and we know this is coming because the back cover of direct currents. And Robin. We're getting our super sense. In the like, last issue was so good. And you've got, the, you got the up. Mick Gray, you know, yeah, silky yeah. blacky inks in there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, the one piece of movie news is just because of like, uh, well, let's just say Rogue One <laughs> tickets went on sale Sunday night. Yeah. If you were in the West Coast, it was 9 p.m. All the apps crashed. Um, so, uh, you know, it took me twenty minutes yeah. for the app to go through to get the tickets that I that I wanted. Uh, Are you trying to go to the first day? I wasn't going to go for the Thursday night. I I went for the uh, Friday night because I have my son. So, yeah. and I'm taking my brother for his birthday. So we got to Shoreline. We're doing Shoreline. Uh, oh, you got you picked your seats. And uh, but the funny thing is, it's like it was twenty minutes. I had to check my bank account. To see that the debt that the order had gone through because it showed up on the debit card. Okay, but the app froze. The app so I'm froze. like, app, 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 app. <laughs> did you write down what seats you had? Oh, I know I got it. Then it showed. Then oh, it showed you the seats. And then I went. I went back into the other side of the app. I closed the app out okay. and I opened it up again. I said, "Oh yeah, you've got the tickets. What are you worried about?" <laughs> um, Fool. I felt very placated, uh, yes, patronized. Right. Um, but the funny thing is that Kathleen Kennedy actually had to at a press conference say. No, even if Rogue One is a success, there isn't a Rogue Two, or actually there <laughs> is, and George Lucas was the director. It was called A New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I, that's my, you know, that's the disappointing Star Wars news right, of the week, because right, right. there will not be a sequel, no sequel to, Rogue, to One. Rogue One. Well, there already is. But, you know, there it is again. I, and, and this is to take away mockery, is to when I, like, posted, oh, I got the tickets, my son and I go on and take my brother, and... People that were friends were like, well, what is Rogue One? Where, you know, are, are they not making episodes? It's not a sequel. It doesn't look like it's a sequel to to The Force Awakens. And I said, no. And it's like, again, you get so steeped in right, it. And we've, right. and we've seen all this. And they realize right. that there are all, a whole bunch of people that still, no matter how much advertising and penetration. They don't get because, it. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. It's not that they don't get it. That's not their world. Right. I know. They just want to be able to go to the movies that week and see it. You know, No, so, they're depending on people like us to get it. And they're not marketing it properly to say this is another right. story, and they, you know. And that's what we say and because comics. they all look alike, you know. They do, they do, and you know that's uh, it is it is. It, Kathleen Kennedy did also go on to say something which I will paraphrase horribly, I'm sure. Um, but I thought good for her is like um, 
Star Wars no longer needs to pander to boys. Okay. And I thought, you know, that was a really strong statement because somebody's saying like, no, two, I don't know who it was and that person should be kicked. It's like two Star Wars in a movie. It's two Star Wars oh. movies in a row with a female lead. I'm like, yeah, because there were six with right, 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 right. <laughs> male, you know, we had it, you know, and, right. and it's okay. It, it's like, and I, you know, the other thing, I, I still, I get a chill going like Disneyland and seeing at Star Trader, the, the that's the store outside of, uh, outside, outside of, of Star Tours, yeah. um, to go and see like Asian characters huge and mm-hmm. the, the, and Forrest Whitaker huge and right. Gabriel, oh, Bernal, um, the the guy that that Drew Campbell was so convinced was going to be Biggs. Um, Gabriel Gar- is it Gabriel Garcia Bernal? Um, I don't remember. You know, he's from E2 Mama Tambien. I you know I like the actor. Yeah, yeah. I'm blanking on his name. But you know to see this is you know this is representation. This is the right, world right, that right. is finally finally getting through to which does tell me. Speaking of representation, we talked about Donald Glover getting to play young Lando Calrissian. Billy yes. D. Williams is finally, and it just came out today, this news, is finally, finally going to make a long-time dream come true. Because in the Lego Batman movie, oh. he's Two-Face. Finally. Only 27 years <laughs> later, after first being cast as Harvey Dent, and then replaced in Batman Forever by Tommy Lee Jones, right. Billy D. Williams gets to be Two-Face. So he... Uh, I'm very excited for the Lego Batman movie. Although Luke is very confused by the the Robin character. Which one is it? Because um, he has glasses, so he's convinced. He says, that's the Dark Knight Returns. That's Carrie Kelly. That's not... I've raised my son right. Very uh, good. That he knows it's, it's, you know, it's like... So, um, anyway. Uh, one perhaps disappointing thing in the world of television, before we get to the gift guide, the Buckaroo Bonsai television series is now officially... Or is unofficially dead hmm. because it turns out that MGM is in a lawsuit. They might not have actually owned the rights. Wow. So Earl MacRouch and W.D. Richter claim they own the rights. Wow. And so now there's loss, there's legal briefs going back and forth. And Kevin Smith just stepped back and said, they asked me. I had no idea. I wanted Richter and Mac Rouch to come in. <laughs> I can see him backing away. And, and yeah, basically, I have no said, gun. I'm yeah, backing yeah, away. Basically, he said, I, I, "I'm out." And he said, "You know, now if if they get put in charge right. and they want me to come back in and Certainly. direct an episode or something, he said, I would be happy. I owe everything to these guys." And yeah. so, unfortunately, we you know, there's something about why is Buckaroo Bonsai, which should be a no brainer concept, right? It's like a cursed uh, concept right now, you know. But anyway. It's a problem that only money can solve. Now, this is actually going to – well, of course. Uh, who's going to get it? Uh, the, this is um, this is actually going to go into my gift guide is that the thing that's got, got excited is The King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. Right. Why do I know this? Uh, well, it's on my gift guide. We'll t- so it all ties in. Uh, is being produced – by Lynn Manuel Miranda. Okay. Who apparently, and I did not know because I've never read the books. Hamilton's Lynn Manuel. Well, Hamilton's and Moana's Lynn yes, Manuel yes, Miranda. Yes, yes. And Mary Poppins Returns Lynn Manuel Miranda. And in the Heights, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Basically, the, oh, that one. everyone, you know, that guy that everybody knows. Uh, there's a song in Hamilton which apparently was directly inspired by Patrick Rothfuss's book. 
And so he tweeted out like to Patrick Rothfuss that if, uh, if he ever wanted to, um, you know, if he ever got a TV deal or a movie deal, please let him be part of it. Do you know which song it was? Uh, it's, as the future is something I don't remember offhand, uh, you know, but, uh, so yes, I know I'm horribly mangling it for you. Hamilton fans. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for the boycott to increase. So the tickets will be available. Tickets are going on sale, uh, Friday. No, I already have tickets. Are you? Uh, yes. Oh, in LA. I have tickets in LA. Yeah. Uh, but I saw that and I thought, do I want to go twice? Uh, you know, and do I want to see it? Because I think it opens in San Francisco first. So I, I might, but it's more expensive in San Francisco. That's the irony. Um, or not. Anyway, so that's going to happen. They make up for, for it by making it harder to get to as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> totally. Uh, so uh, actually, the book that's being adapted is, uh, and I probably ruined this by, it may not even be called the King Color Chronicles, but it's like it's like Game of Thrones. Apparently, it's a trilogy, and the second book has been available for like four or five years, and the third book is not available yet. Okay. So, uh, the first book is called The Name of the Wind, and uh, the second is called The Wise Man's Fear, and the lead, uh, the protagonist is a lutist. And so it's it's a it's a book about music, so mm-hmm. it makes sense that Lin Manuel Miranda uh-huh. is totally into it. So yes, that's a little preview. That is on my gift guide of you know I I approached the gift guide this year as things that I know I need to look into. So maybe you might want to too. But the story still gets all more circular as we go into the gift guide because first off, every year for the the last couple of years, every year for the last couple of years, we introduce the gift guide by saying, of course, you know, um. This year, more than ever, I feel like, you know what, I I almost didn't want to do a gift guide because I felt instead, give to a charity, give to something, to to an organization that needs your help. And of course, if you're listening to the Fanboy Planet podcast, and let's face it, at this point, you are, I'm sorry, surprise, Um, you know, the two that are very specific in the comic book world is the hero initiative, which helps support and defray medical costs, right. uh, and legal costs for old, uh, for the people, the pros that maybe didn't have great health plans. Uh, in fact, I just saw, Oh, uh, Russ Heath, uh, is like 90 yeah. and, and they, they put out on Facebook. Is there anybody in LA, the LA area who would like to be part of like a carpool for Russ so he can get to the doctor and he can get to places because he can't, you know, he can't yeah. call Lyft or Uber. Um, you know, so so the Hero Initiative is trying to take care of that. Um, and uh, the other one is the Comic, Comic Book, Book Legal, Legal Defense, Defense Fund. Fund. So here's uh, here's the funny thing with that is that this week I got my renewal form in the mail for the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. But it wasn't addressed to me. Now, when I when I bought my membership, they'd like mangled my name. But I went, okay, you know, this happens to me all the time. Sure, uh, you know, it's Dave McCag. Actually, I can't they, imagine what that's like. I've got to stop saying Dave uh, Dave McCag because I think Dave McCag is actually a colorist, and and I don't think it's ever been. Uh, that's been what they've called me, but I I know that I've been on this. But the name that was on the envelope to me was. Patrick Rothfuss. So it's like the world the, wow. and like crazy ex-girlfriend. There are signs telling me I need to read <laughs> this guy's work. Um, Cause I got an email too, that was addressed to me. And when I went to the CBLDF party uh, at Comic-Con this year, I said like, who do I talk to to get my right name on the card? Because I'm so 
proud to finally be right. able to afford a membership and be uh, and, and help support this organization other than going to a party every year right. and, and eating all it's the good cheese. Party. It's a good party. But – but you know, don't it, eat the cheese. But I wanted the. Oh no, the cheese is good. Uh, <laughs> it's it's legally defensible. Uh, <laughs> it's the comic book legal defense fund um, is is an anti censorship organization, and and again, and and my own feelings about this has been te- have been tested a lot in the last few weeks, which is that I do believe that freedom of speech uh, is one of the most central core tenets of what makes America great. Yes. And even when I disagree vehemently with what's being said, you have the right to say what you, what you want to say and you have the right to write what you want to say. uh, Recrimination. I, but I have the right to get angry about it, but you still have the right to say it. Right. And, and when there, and the CBLDF fights, like when libraries get come under fire Mm -hmm. for, you know, they're trying to ban books and it's comic books specifically in graphic novels, but they have expanded out. So I think it's a very important organization. Those are the important things. And so Patrick Rathfuss, as I go into our guide is the first thing on the gift guide is because I think if you're a fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're excited by the fact that he's going to be producing a television series, um, getting at least take as I'm going to do this season, dip a toe into Patrick Rothfuss's book. And it's not the first person, first time that the name has come up, and people telling me you should really read this guy. So, the name of the wind is the uh, first book in this uh, series. I mean, I know he has many other books, but I'd say that's the one to start with. And that's the gift, I would say, and probably can be purchased at a decent price uh, and a nice little kind of give to the reader uh, in your life who wants for Christmas. So uh, how about you? Do you have a book on your list that you'd like to share? Oh, let's see. I have a lot of books on my list. I know. I have more, too, but I thought I'd, um, you know, I like to alternate. Trying to figure. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go off off. Uh, yeah. Off your Amazon wish list. Uh, no, I'm going to go off off the beaten path of comic book fandom. And say it's, you know, a lot of people will look at, look at comics and like when I was reading the Fantastic Four back in the day, there were a lot of real hard sci-fi science concepts that were brought up like the spherical folded universe mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I think it's important that we not only read the fantasy stuff, but we read good accessible books about science. And I found one that I've started reading. It's very slim. It's about 90 pages long. It's called Seven Brief Lessons in Physics. It's written by uh, Carlo Rovelli, uh, who is an Italian columnist. And these were all columns that were in a newspaper about physics. Mm. And he walks you through seven different uh, backgrounds of of, uh, physics. It's a beautiful little book. It's not very expensive, very quick read, very accessible. And you know we can we should always continue to learn. That was that's what I want to start my list off. And with. like current events, physics happens whether you know about it or not. So you might yeah. as well know about it. Yep, totally true. Uh, the next gift book for me is the Art of Atari, which I believe is Boom Studios came yeah. out with. Um, so if you were a fan, if you're a video game historic historical fan, which I gather there was some sort of Nintendo device that was released a couple it's of on weeks my ago. List. Uh, you know, so if you're really old school and you love that 2600, and they did have really cool cover paintings on the boxes oh, they and did. on the labels. So um, 
I think it was a it was a book I resisted, but the more I look at it, like on you know just in stores and so forth, the more I go like, uh, I remember that one. That'd be kind of cool to have. So you know, it's one of those things. I think uh, you know it says limited edition, but I believe that there were you know there are many. I'm sure you can find it. So I I would highly recommend the Art of Atari as a coffee table book for your for that nerd in your life. I want to sneak one in right now on top of that, which. I finally got. Oh, I'm going to sneak one on top of that. I'm gonna, okay. No, it, it's related. Um, I finally got around to uh, reading Ready Player, Player One, one. Mm-hmm. and I decided I was going to do it as the audiobook. The audiobook is read by Will Wheaton, and at one point in Ready Player One, a reference is made to Will Wheaton as this mm-hmm. old codger, which is just—it's a yeah. little too meta. But they do talk a lot about the Atari. Uh, and and I was just reading a section where they were talking about how awesome the art was on the Atari cartridge boxes. Mm-hmm. And so when you were saying that, I'm like, am I back in the game? Or? Well, sort of like yeah. my name of the wind thing with Ready Player One's been fully cast, and I think it's gonna, I think it's due for next Christmas. So I th- by directed by Steven Spielberg. So I think if you are not on the Ernest Klein, uh, yeah, Ready Player One bandwagon, you absolutely should. And a lot of people don't realize you can, if you go to audible.com, you can gift audiobooks to people. You can send them. So if you're thinking last minute you've got to send something across the United States and you wanted them to get it on Christmas morning, audiobooks, e-books, you can can do this kind of stuff. Amazon will let you send e-books. I do it to a number of my friends. I do it for a number (laughs) of my friends. No, no, no. Uh, I send them uh, to no, no. I think friends. you do it to them. Okay, uh, like Sometimes. that ninety-page physics. Only if they're really book. close friends. Uh, so uh, no, no means no, Rick. Um, all right. So how about I'll go ahead. Let yourself have an official. Okay. Um, are we we gonna stay with books for a little while? Yeah, because okay. I've got graphic novels as well. I separated them out actually. Mark Frost wrote a huge book that everybody needs to read to get ready for Twin Peaks. This book is it's I saw you coffee table size. Uh, beautiful. It's a it's it is an artifact First, of Twin I Peaks. Need, I need a coffee table. But yeah, yeah okay. it, it's uh, well, you put two, four legs on this thing. You have a coffee <laughs> table, small coffee table. Um, the uh, the secret history of Twin Peaks, which will take you back to the original stories and fill in a lot of stuff. You know, it's like they've they've had a couple of books. There there was a. I, I I have it around here somewhere. I I fear I may have. I actually fear I may have lost it. There was a a book called Diane, mm-hmm. I which that. was distributed on cassette tape. And there was a, a diary of Laura Palmer. A diary too. of Laura Palmer, which had pages torn out of it. Now, yeah. so which was a pre fire walk with me. Um, which is the only book. thing I have not rewatched out You're of not, all. Okay. Of it, you know yeah. that uh, I've rewatched the entire series. Uh, but, and I'm ready. You know, I love book binding, and I love books that are well put together, and this book is amazingly mm-hmm. well put together, The sweet Secret History of Twin Peaks. Uh, one that I talked about on the podcast back in, I think, August or September, but I'm going to throw back in as a great gift book because if you're a fan of – I know some people don't like him narratively, but I just love the imagination that goes into it is Guillermo del Toro. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a souvenir hard cover book of the exhibit that's going around that I think just closed at, at the LA yeah. Museum and is now going to be in a couple other places around the country. So Guillermo del Toro at home with monsters is a beautiful book with photographs of many of, of the things there, you know, at one 
an exhibit I'm so glad that I went to see, but to be able to have these essays about the, the, the thinking that goes into his creativity and and the theming of each room and, 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 basically how he is creating his own living museum. You know, it's the heir to the Acker mansion. I think even more so than Harry Knowles, which surprised wow. me because I thought Harry would definitely be more like that. And it's, and everything I read it from him too. And even when we talked to him is I don't think he gave into it as much as Guillermo, but Harry and Guillermo were friends. So maybe he just goes to visit. Yeah. You know, uh, just not to go too far down this path, but to really have the soul of the Acker mansion, you have to invite people in. Which he did. He created a museum. I mean, you know, he, he's touring it. It's, it's right. inviting people to come in, but not to his actual home. Right. Uh, you know, which well, I think is probably safer because, you know, I've heard – I, I got to watch the document. I bought that documentary at at uh, Big Wow a few, couple of years ago about, the, about, Acker, about right. the Acker Mansion. But I, I've heard that in the last few years a lot of people would just sort of walk away with stuff because he wouldn't notice. And that, that – that a lot the of house was things, broken into a number of times. That a lot, that a lot of little things disappeared. Yeah. And uh, so, um, so anyway, yeah, that's I, I highly recommend that book. It's beautiful and it does fit on the shelf. It doesn't have to be a coffee table. It doesn't book. have to. I've got another one that'll fit on the shelf, and it's another artifact book because when you're holding this thing, you are transported into one of Stephen King's most magnificent. Story I saw you lines. posted that too. Yeah. Um, there has finally been published. But you don't have the three thousand dollar edition. Finally been published, Charlie the Choo Choo by Beryl Evans, the book that is figured Mm -hmm. featured very strongly in the third volume of the The Dark Dark Tower Tower. series, and I'm blanking on the Wasteland. Um, And a Comic Con, there were 200 copies of the first edition. Were there? And they that was the ones that went out. Oh, and now they're worth a lot. They're worth three thousand dollars. Okay, within. An hour, they were on eBay for three thousand dollars, and my friend Annabelle Malabago Klein, who's probably listening right now, Has had one. a co- had a copy oh. and had no clue what it was. Annabelle, what anyway. happened to it? No, she had no clue what it was. She like got it signed, and then I and she like we were supposed to have lunch, and I and she said, "I'm going to be late. I'm going to some signing," and I said, "Well, I'm interviewing somebody, so meet." And then she shows up with this. She goes, "I don't know what it is," but she had it autographed oh, she for didn't. her and her daughter, right. and I'm like. Uh, if I'd known that's what you were doing, you would have to get yeah, me sure, one. Sure, you sure. Know? So anyway, it's a funny story. I'm not really mad at Annabelle. No, of course you aren't. A little. Of course you aren't. Okay, another book? Uh, well, you just did. So I'm going to go to trade oh, paperbacks. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, Paper Girls, uh, number one, from uh, volume one oh, yeah. from Brian K. Vaughn, uh, uh, which is literally, that is the story. It's Paper Girls who are stuck in a sci-fi epic time travel, alien invasion um, paper girls, as in paper girls boys. who deliver yes, the paper. Yes, as in as in paper Not delivery that they're people. They're made out of paper, and they're from the eighties, and they go forward in time to see their their town has just been messed up. Um, it is a is a quirky. There's no other book on on the shelves like it, uh, and I I just love it. So uh, I said everybody should be reading Paper Girls, and like Saga, Brian K. Vaughan does. They do like five or six issues. And then pause, take a couple months off, right? Build up, and so each each trade is really a real solid section of the story, and then moving it's been on. plotted so, out to be so that volume section. one's there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm there. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead since you've gone into mm-hmm. kind of comic collections. I'm gonna go to the heaviest thing on my list, and that is right behind me. Actually, I've got White Dwarf Matter. I have a copy of it myself, which. You got the cover. I took. I posted this on Instagram because I saw this is 
One, I didn't know if you had it. Uh, this, by the way, go ahead, because it's your book. Read the, the cover. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Omnibus Volume 1. Okay, and this is the deadly thing about our culture right now. You know there are two covers. Yeah, I know. And this is the this is the fresh art cover, and there's a, a reprint cover of right. issue number one, this which is was Neil the, Adams. This is the comic book store yeah. edition. This is what came through Diamond. Yeah, and this is beautiful because this really covers captures it to me because I saw that and went. You know why I went for that one? Because it felt like the magazine. No, if you open it up, what's what's wonderful about this book? I can't. I just sprained my wrist. Yes, if you if you go to the first the the first issue. It's not all black and white in there. It's it's got all the covers, the original covers of the magazines. No, flip back because you've gone past it. It's got all the original cover art from mm-hmm. the magazines in full color. So it's got the Neil Adams cover inside. It's just not on the dust jacket. So yeah. and I love the Neil Adams cover. That's just it's just such an awesome. Oh, yeah. I'll take it back. So, but what's what's amazing about this book? And I started reading it the other evening. I'm just saying there shouldn't be variant covers on a book that's seventy five dollars in the true. first place. That's true. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we don't know anyone who's insane enough to have to buy both of them. I don't know. They were side by side at Earth Two, and, I, <laughs> and I you were going Frank knows about this. No, um, this is not. You know, I've I've got the the um, Master Kung Fu Omnibus mm-hmm. uh, as well. And this is very different because that is a reproduction of all the comics that came out. And this is obviously a reproduction of all the magazines. But the magazines were not all illustrated stories. They had a lot of articles about what was going on at the time in the kung fu craze in the mm-hmm. 70s. So you want to you relive what it was like to have David Carradine in the West mm-hmm. as Kwai as, uh, as Chang Kane. Yes, Kane. And uh, and the and articles on how you can learn kung fu by staring at the page. You know, some is, of this stuff is, is just some, amazing. Is there something from Count Dante? I don't remember. That's the one I remember most. The ads that had Count Dante. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I, did he take an ad out in in the? Uh... I don't know because the other big difference, and because today it's not an issue and nobody gets it, is that. Because it was a magazine, it wasn't under the Comics Code Authority. Right. And now we don't have a Comics Code Authority, but they were very limited in the comics, and the magazines were... Uh, oh, no. The magazines had a lot of... Really pushed like, it, really pushed the edge. Like violence and sex yeah, in, yeah. in this. Um, I'm trying to remember the... Uh, Not Gene Colan. Um, but we you say? It is Shang-Chi, and it's also it's, Iron Fist. And so if you're interested... And the Sons of the Tiger. So, ah, the Forgotten Ones, who will probably be in the Defenders. But the articles are actually... Um, I skipped over... When I, was a, when I was a feckless youth, I would skip over the prose articles a lot and just go to the next, uh, yeah. the next story. Um, this, is, this, is, this is a time trip back to the 70s, to a period where... If you want to take that time when, trip. When people. we were learning about this, this uh, yeah. secret of the East... Yes, I don't know if you could hear my eyes roll. The, it was more. It, it, they're they're very they're very frank about this because they did they did uh, master kung fu because they had gotten the rights to Sax Rama or to uh, Fu Manchu. Fu Manchu. Yeah. But they also the sons of the tiger were were done specifically to kind of evoke the kind of uh, story that was being told in in the grindhouse movie theaters with mm-hmm. with the always the Asian black and white. Yeah actors who played the different martial arts guys yeah so. yeah, yeah um okay so my next is a little bit older but i just it's on the this is the 
kind of thing that I think is worth reading in one shot is The Multiversity, Grant Morrison's book from last year, the that. deluxe edition. Good. To gather all those up because that's a trip. Yeah. If you're confused by New 52 and Rebirth, no. If you're watching like the TV series and stuff and go, how many different ways? ways can you approach these characters it's all in one volume because it's all these alternate earth versions and very uh, very diverse versions of the of the well-known superheroes and kind of as grant morrison's work always is uh you know head it's kind trip. of a head trip but also saying you know like like anything their stories anything you want to be true is true of morrison i found it to be one of his more accessible i would stories. agree with that i would agree with that yeah. and and the I, and it is one that just screamed for everything being in one place where all where you go from one issue to the other where you could backtrack and look at something that happened in a previous issue yeah. and go forward yeah i'm looking forward to someday having yeah. it. i don't have that one yeah but, i don't yet either yeah. so it's sort of like hmm i'm gonna it's kind of going on my wish list and yeah so i'm gonna put it out on my gift guide and say you know it's really worth worth picking up so what's next on your set the doctor strange epic collection a separate reality um by road thomas and steve englehart uh which captures one of my favorite periods of doctor strange storytelling where the art had matured and the stories had matured and we're really getting into the how and why of the doctor strange universe i just think especially at this time if you're interested in strange and you haven't read him before you read him a little bit but this is a good chunk of doctor strange that you will not be disappointed to make part of your knowledge which i think doctor strange items are going to be good gifts this year because uh you know that actually the film is now the Number one solo. I love how they have to qualify all this. Number one solo. The number character. one solo introduction film. Nice. Because um, Civil War made more and The Winter Soldier made more. But, it, but when you compare like Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Thor. Right, right. Doctor Strange is the biggest debut of a character. So I, you know, I, I there's, a, there's a Doctor Strange item on my list later. Good. Uh, my last trade paper or graphic novel or whatever is one again i talked about but i think it's kind of fun and i want to be off the beaten path is silly symphonies volume one which is a collection of the newspaper strips from the 30s gathered together into one nice i've actually seen that I, I was, yeah was, and so a you nice know, book yeah so it's just out there i love classic disney stuff no no secret and I love that stuff from the 30s. And so that this is gathered up and is in one place. It's going to go on my shelf, uh, probably next to my Pogo collections that uh, that Mark Vanier was editing with Carolyn Kelly. Cool. Uh, you know, so uh, that's a high recommendation. Is there another book on your list? I have one one last uh, See, comic book related. Um, that is James Bond, Spectre, the complete comic strip book collection. Comic complete comic book collection is i think the title it's all like newspaper strip style um but this was uh thunderball and mm -hmm. uh the, all the specter stories in one oversized book i believe i've seen that here it's over in the on bread cave. it's yes, over on top of the okay. pile there on the hassock. there we go so there we go that's a that's a great one I'm going to turn to movies slash Titan books. DVD set. Yes, who are currently uh, publishing the new James yep. Bond books. Yep. Um, and DVDs, because this just got released. And again, it's going to be timely. Plus, it's a great movie. Is Time After Time. 
And in in January, is it DVD or is it Blu-ray? Blu-ray. Oh, a new Blu-ray has been released, and of course, a new series based on a television series based on Time After Time will be hitting, uh, I think, ABC in January. So, or at least it was originally announced. Uh, Was that did Nicholas Meyer? direct that and nicholas meyer wrote and directed that okay yeah which i should throw in a little bit of news is of course they did announce more casting on star trek discovery okay uh which is that doug i want to jo- get back to the movie though yeah but okay. doug jones is going to be is is an alien <laughs> doug jones uh, as an alien really surprising <laughs> and oh now i am blanking anthony rapp the guy from rent who played? Who was the original Mark in Rent and was in uh, Adventures in Babysitting as a child right, actor? Right. Anthony Rapp is going to be a Mike. What do you call it? Mycobiologist, the the fungal fungal doctor. So it's definitely going out to a totally different uh, thing. And Angela Bassett. No, I'm sorry, not Angela Bassett. She's it's Michelle Yao is going to be the captain of the uh, of the Discovery. Uh, uh, it's not that's not what the ship is called, but uh, 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 on Star Trek Discovery, the captain of the ship will be Michelle Yao from Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Excellent. So, and it's one of the James Bond movies. I can't I can remember if it was Tomorrow Never Dies uh, or uh, Yeah, it's the one where they're on a motorcycle together. Yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, I got to go back into that 50th anniversary that I still right. haven't uh, gone through. But time anyway, after time. Back time after time. That is such a marvelously crafted, marvelously crafted movie, because um, you have the bluntness of of Jack the Ripper, right? Not a big spoiler, and the wonder of H.G. Wells. But then you have <laughs> one of the rare Malcolm McDowell as a naif, as a <laughs> as a charming innocent, right? And so you have this charming innocent up against this horrific yes. beast, but. The the cinematography is wonderful. I I always call out that first scene where we're seeing um, the prostitute in the West End, and she gets waved into the into the uh, yeah. alley, and we don't see it, but he puts we don't see the murder. He puts his watch down on the box, and it's playing music. It's a music yeah. box, and then we see we hear her gasp. And we see one stream of blood shoot out, it, you know, and it just hits go, the watch. It's Nicholas just, Meyer is such a fantastic amazing. storyteller. And the other thing I always remember is the the key that goes into the time machine when it activates. There's like heliogryph, heliogryph, hieroglyphs. No, it, it's it's when the sun makes a prismatic oh, uh, yes, glow okay. that he that they put over that. It's not a it, you know this was like in the it was like. 78? Was 70, yeah, it was late, late 70s. Not a heavy burden special effect. Just a charming, almost Tinkerbell uh, splash of illumination but, and know, color. Talk, what a fantastic cast. I mean, you've got oh, yeah. three. They're giants. I mean, yeah. Malcolm McDowell, David Warner is Jack the Ripper. And Mary Steenburgen. And Mary Steenburgen. And it's just like. Who was hot Still is, yeah. Uh, not but, that that's yeah. why you should judge somebody uh, on acting, but no, she know, was fabulous. She was beautiful in that film. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's uh, that's what it is. I was just delighted to discover it's out on Blu-ray finally, and it's like yeah. one of the rare times where it's a movie is available when I want it to be to to get ready for something else. You know, because I'm still waiting for that. I haven't found a, like a good Blu-ray of. Uh, uh, my favorite year, you know, after oh, Peter yeah. O'Toole passed away, yeah. and I really wanted to get in and get like have a Peter O'Toole film festival, and like nothing's available. So you know, this perfect, want to see it. Excellent choice. 
from the sublime to the ridiculous. Excellent. Uh, another set of DVDs and Blu-rays that I recommend. You should start with number one because even though it's kind of crazy, it there is a sequence to it. Rick and Morty, Volume One, Volume Two. I think Volume Three is out or will be out soon. They don't uh, call that ridiculous, huh? I, I don't call that ridiculous. 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 You're right. Yes. Um, Let's get you I, I I I thought the. Uh, uh, I had a, a friend who is also the, our, the handyman who comes by and fixes things in the house, builds stuff. And he came by on two separate projects and said, have you watched Rick and Morty yet? I said, no, I haven't. He goes, you need to watch it. And I'm like, the next time, you need to watch it. I was homesick one time. I found it on TV. I watched it and I just thought, I just binged the whole thing. Just well, that's so essentially funny. what I did with it. Finally yeah. giving in and giving another shot and then going like, I, it is great. Yeah. Uh, I'm with that. Uh, I have a, a couple of collections, but my, my first and next one is because it's an area I want to get into because I think we, we've, uh, that I've, I'm having a late life, uh, late midlife, uh, horror fascination is there's a Blu-ray box set of the classic Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee hammer horror films. Oh, eight Blu-rays covering the Dracula and Frankenstein movies. I'm not sure if the, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Oliver Reed Wolfman is in there or not, but, uh, that's really good because I just recently bought, um, the two, uh, a book, a collection that had the two fives books and theater oh, and th- two fives theater of blood th- and theater of blood. And one other, there's like four, four Christopher, uh, uh, those are Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Um, but they'll match up nicely with the, in that whole era of Hammer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That I mean, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's just a recommendation. The Hammer Horror 8-film Blu-ray set. Amazon actually recommended it to me, and I went, excellent choice, Amazon. I think they rec- – they, they re- because I, I went on a binge and I bought It, an American Werewolf in London, and Escape from New York, and then suddenly it offers me Hammer <laughs> Horror. Wow. After also ordering the Marx Brothers. So maybe that's, that's all it all That's quite a collection. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're breaking the algorithm. Good. Ha <laughs> That's my goal. Anyway. Uh, okay. So um, I'm out of movies. So I'm going to move on to another one of my passions, which is board games. And you've played Pandemic, right? No. You've never played Pandemic? No. Oh, I thought for sure you had. Pandemic. No. Pandemic is an award-winning game. It's it's a it's one of the first really popular cooperative games where it's everyone at the table against the board, at, against the rules and the way you have to play to stave off the uh, viruses that are threatening to destroy the world. And there've been a number of variations on this over the last couple of years, including one. Called, I believe you've talked about them on the podcast. One called Legacy, which which is uh, a game that you play over and over, and the board changes as you play. They just came out with a new version, speaking of horror films, um, that is actually, I think, superior in some ways to the original game and has a new theme. It's Cthulhu Pandemic, where it's using the same basic mechanisms from Pandemic, but in this, instead of keeping the viruses from taking over the world, you're keeping the elder gods from taking over the world. And it plays in about 45 minutes. You can teach the rules in about 10. It's It's a... Highly recommend. Do you need tentacles? Personally? Oh. Um, Are you offering? No. You don't need tentacles. No. Uh, I am not offering. 
Uh, all right. I'm still, I've got one more. Actually, it's a quasi because it's actually two, but I, but they're so thematically linked that I have to, uh, I have to put this in is that just released the Star Trek animated series is on Blu-ray finally. Ooh. But also, and I'm really not sure <laughs> that I have to have this. And yet part of me thinks I do. Yeah. There's Star Trek, the Roddenberry vault on blu-ray which is alternate takes and cut scenes from the original series hmm. fifty dollars with interviews and is uh, it just a disc no no it's a box set oh, it's of a box set. and so actually uh, one of my nieces posted like i have to have this and I, I was willing to say well if it's actually the complete series and i buy it you can have my old ones yeah <laughs> But uh, and but I looked into it and I think I don't think it is. But I think if you're a Star Trek completist, well, let's face it, you probably already know about this. Um, which uh, just one side joke: Did you watch the Treehouse of Horror this year? No, I did not. There's a running gag every time Homer appears. He is he has a bottle in his hand, of course, but instead of Duff, it's Logan's rum. <laughs> Best joke of the year. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so just to be clear. There is a box set of the Blu-ray of the animated series. Yes. That's separate that's from... That's separate from... So I'm tying these things together because it's two Star Trek Blu-ray sets. The, other, went, the other is the, vault, uh, the Roddenberry it's called, Vault. It's called the Roddenberry and Vault. And it's four Blu-rays of... I've, of outtakes and outtakes alternate, and alternate, alternate takes. So we probably... There's probably a bit of that we've seen on the outtake reels over the years. Possibly. But it'd be nice to have those. And it's always... They're, I, if they're you're always funny. Yeah, you know, sure. Exactly. So uh, I just want to throw that out there, people. It's only another two inches on the shelf, right? Uh, it's only $50. Uh, you got a shelf. Look, you have a shelf. I Stop do. complaining. Okay. Uh, so next up on your stuff. Uh, the next thing on my sh- on my list is um, I, I'm, I look at this list for things that I can I can suggest to people to play that are easy to play and good. And I have to endorse all of White Wizard games that are all based on their runaway bestseller uh, Space Realms. Um. Space Realms was a collectible card, no, not collectible card game, a deck building game along the lines of all the other deck building games we've already talked about. But they just came out with one called Hero Realms. I see it behind you right it's now. It's behind me, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's bound with a rubber band. This was a, It's a Kickstarter, so there's like extras in this box. That's why it doesn't close quite. It's bigger than the box. It's bigger than the box, but you, you, can, you can get all the extras. I hope in post there's an echo effect when I whisper. It's, I think it's pretty good as it is. <laughs> um, this this takes the uh, the simplicity of Star Realms and puts it into a fantasy uh, knights and monsters and spells and all this stuff. And again, it plays in about fifteen minutes. You can learn it in about five, and it's got some amazing depth to it. Hero 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 realms, but it's no exploding kittens. From uh, White Wizard Games, and just go to White Wizard Games, and anything that they do, if uh, if you if it sounds like it might be fun, it's definitely fun, and you should. I get actually it. have a game on yes, my list. You do, and tell me about and it. You can get it from Think Geek. Okay, and I don't know. I don't have it. I haven't played it, but I must have it, and okay. I must play it. Okay. Title alone. Spank the Yeti. <laughs> And it is described as a fun party game 
that is a variation on the game that I actually hate, which is Mary F. Kill. Like, who would you marry? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, it's kind of, it's putting up three would-you-rathers that apparently, if you combine phrases correctly, you would come up with a would-you-rather spank the Yeti? Or you know, something like that. So I... Uh, I the title alone got my sense of whimsy, and I thought if you have a group of people, these kinds of that word games yeah. that 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 it's just kind of a bizarre way of almost you know poking the game I hate in the eye in a fun whimsical supernatural sci-fi and and uh, cryptozoological way. So it's all like fantasy. Does things. it come with a yeti costume? Uh, not a costume. Okay. Uh, if you have the right guest over, you don't need one. Okay. Uh, I have some hirsute friends. Okay. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, so Spank the Yeti, which is available on ThinkGeek. I swear I'm not purposely like guiding people <laughs> to that link, but I, you know, I, it's there. I, as I said, I have bought a lot of things from ThinkGeek, and I was like, I was looking through, like, what are the new things? Oh, that's you know, that's great. So, how many things you have left on your list? Just curious. I have two. I have two. Okay, go. that's amazing. Um, Code Names uh, was a game that came out a couple of years ago won the spiel de Yaris, the game of the year in germany they've just recently came out with a picture version of code names that i think is probably uh more interesting to a large number then of people if it's a picture version you really can't call it code names now can you? it's the same game mechanic so basically i'm not going to go into depth but it's a great party game because you can play it with you know i wouldn't play it with like less than four people but you could scale this up to like 20 people. No problem. What about one person and three imaginary friends? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but basically it's like password uh, with a little bit of a spy motif in there and almost a, uh, a mechanism that's kind of like a uh, battleship. Um, in that you're, you're trying to find the spies that are on the grid you have spies, your opponent has spies, it ends up being two teams against each other. And it's, again, you can teach this game in about 30 seconds and you can play it out in about 10 minutes and then you want to play it four or five times more. Excellent. And that's all I ask out of a game. Give me a lot of gameplay. Code names, picture edition. Um, this one actually isn't, I don't think it's going to be out in time for Christmas, but you can certainly pre-order and gift, uh, which is Kingdom Hearts 3 is finally coming out, which we... <laughs> We saw previews for yeah. at D23 a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and so finally, 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 it's coming out. And uh, the first two games have uh, been great fun. So, you know, that's, it's one to definitely look forward to. And certainly, you know, that's going to be a kind of a, for your tween, a good uh, a good video game to, to kind of throw in there as, a, as an adventure game. So I'm recommending that. What's your... Uh, this is my last one, but following up on that, Kingdom Hearts is uh, credited with being the inspiration for the mechanism being used in the latest Final Fantasy adventure that came out this week. Which is, it's still Square Square Enix is yeah. the producer of... Uh, of so, but the of, same kind of open world uh, kind of... Yeah. 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 And I saw a lot of, a lot of play of Final Fantasy when I was at uh, mm-hmm. PAX. The last thing I have, we had actually mentioned earlier, and I... Part of this is just a just a PSA. Is it cheese? Uh, no, it's the Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic <laughs> Edition, yes. which should sell for about 
It should sell for under $100. It should sell, I think, for around 60 I actually. think that's what it's supposed to be if you can find it. If you if you go on eBay, there are people selling it for $200 and up. Do not buy it from those people. They will make more. It will be available at the regular price. Yeah, Nintendo is notorious at underproducing. Yeah, especially when it's really super cool. This has so many games I'm in tempted. it that I want I, 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 yeah, I want to play it. I want I, there's... I would just mention Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, the original game, is in this, which at the time, Final Fantasy, the original game, was awesome because it saved games, which a lot of those games didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this game, the re, the re, uh, integrating of all these into one console, they all save the games now. So it's thirty games, right? I think it's so. 30. I think like the first three Super Mario, yeah, and uh, and there's a bunch that I just I stuff that you're gonna just get lost in. Yeah, it's it just awesome. it just looks perfect, and you you can uh, it comes with one controller. I think you can buy a second one if you want. Um, yeah, this this is just yeah. like and and if you have a if you ha- it it takes one plug to plug it into the wall, and then the other one HDMI in. On, on a jack or something, and there you are. You're playing. Because I can't tell you how complex it is. In fact, I haven't even attempted Remember how it complex my... it used to be to get those original ones oh, yeah, hooked yeah. up? But you know what's complex now? And and I don't even... I haven't done it. I've had my son do it both times I've set it up. <laughs> is I bought the PS Pro. Right. And the VR system. Oh. And all the different cables and wires in the space, as I was afraid was going to happen with those spaces, like, totally worth it. But I, it's not worth a gift guide because you're still talking like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars worth of investment, and I don't think that's fair for a gift guide. Yeah. But you know, it it is ridiculous. I just said I told I told Luke go through it, figure it out, set it up because I don't. The only safe place to have it is out in the living room, but it can't stay out there. You know. Yeah. So it's like we just yeah. Anyway, my last item, and I think you'll appreciate as well, and it is under definitely under nine hundred bucks. It is thirty dollars. <laughs> so I priced this out. Uh. And it's under what I I think is uh, should be a regular feature on Fanboy Planet, which is okay. which is I because we say it often enough. I never thought I'd live to see the day that dot dot dot. Yeah, and this you is do the, a whole podcast on. That. I know, and so uh, I I I put these last three items under random stuff I don't really need, but uh, but I want uh, that uh, it is the Doctor Strange Sanctum playset for Lego. Oh, I saw that. So for $30, yes. you get you you get the Dormammu's, you know, the dark dimension yes. thing coming through. Yes. You get a Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One minifigure. Yes. You get a Baron Mordo. He's not Baron in the movie, right? He's Carl Mordo. So he you get a Mordo and a Benedict Cumberbatch. Do you realize that three three Oscar well, no, Benedict hasn't won yet, but but three of the highest regarded actors in the world today in minifig form exactly. for a Marvel set, and it's only $30 for the yeah. Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I say is that I never thought I'd live to see the day that the Doctor Strange... Then if you think of the Dark Dimension as being like Cthulhu, because that's what it looks like, it's like right. that, that you can actually buy essentially a Cthulhu Lego set exactly. is astounding to me. And it's one of the few that I keep going into Target and going, like, I really want it. <laughs> I really want it. And a preview for next year is honestly... And I've never bought the blind packs of these, but the Batman Lego Batman minifigs that are not available yet, but they you know they do blind blind bags. Oh, they one do, figure yeah. per, the characters that are in that. There's a Catman 
coming wow. for Lego Batman. Wow. Um, and some of the play sets are available now, but but the one I recommend is getting that Doctor Strange because I can't believe it exists. Let's enjoy it. And then at least once a month in the podcast, we're going to end up saying the phrase anyway. We might as well compose a theme song. I can't believe okay. I lived long enough to see. You know, I saw that uh, back in August when I was in Kansas City. Uh, we had gone to the... <laughs> We've gone to the Hallmark Museum, which is actually a lot more interesting than you might think. And then there was a Lego Don't you go Legoland the Hallmark man. No, it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then there was a Legoland, and I had the same reaction. Like, oh my god, a Lego Dr. store? Or was there is there a Lego? There's no there's, Lego there's like a Lego museum that you can go into. Yeah, we had to pay for it. There's like a there's a Marine Museum, and on one side and there's a Lego museum on the other side, and then they had a Lego. Uh, gift shop that we wandered we wandered through that because we didn't have time to do the whole thing because if you go to legoland there yeah. is a huge lego gift shop and there is a marine museum that's what's really, really? odd yes they they have an aquarium they have an aquarium and uh i took the kids a couple years ago and we spent i i, I sprung for like there two uh, it was the 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 they have three parks they have a water park they have the legoland and they have this aquarium and i sprung to pay for both Legoland and the aquarium and we spent more time in the aquarium than anywhere else it's actually a really good one it's not I'm probably not as good as Monterey no but no. but it was really cool and then I think the poor fish that see like these giant Lego divers <laughs> in the middle of their display you know uh, but it's it it's was funny fun, it must just be a thing that they do yeah, because we were it was in a mall in Kansas City all these things and they also had a huge Crayola store, and like I think everything you could ever imagine Crayola. And I would say, you know, if you're if you don't if you're not aware if you're the casual Lego buyer who goes into Target and sees that Doctor Strange set, um, the Lego store, which are they are in malls all over the place because uh, Valley Fair has one. Yes, um, is that's where you find those really obscure ones. Like I actually picked up the Doctor Who set. Yes, uh, there and uh, and that's when I realized that. Uh, <laughs> They're like, you got to start treating them like jigsaw puzzles. They're not really meant to be built in one night. <laughs> and, uh, true, true. And uh, I did a marathon building session. Four of, hours of later. Four? <laughs> uh, you're halfway through? I was just sorting through, finding a little right. that little black flat brick. But anyway, it's totally worth it for the Sanctum Sanctorum. So that's, that's our gift guide for the year, uh, for the holiday season 2016. Um so thank you so for being with us thus far, and thank you for sticking through. To, and uh, that's uh, well. There's one other thing you just you made me think. Else? Yeah, if you're going to go to the Lego store and you're looking for something personal for someone, make them a minifig of themselves. If you can do it, because you can, yeah. you can, you can sit there. You can, you can blow 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, just sitting there sorting through the bits. To assemble a minifig that well, looks just like Well, question I was asked this week after catching up on Ash versus Evil Dead was, where can you go to make a puppet of yourself? So I'm going to throw that out. Oh, you haven't got that far. Yes. No. There's, there's an Ash puppet. And uh, I'm like, whenever someone asks you that question, can I make a puppet of myself? The answer can never be good. Uh, so anyway, uh, and not to leave you on that thought, but I, uh, we shall see. Uh, I'm not sure what our schedule is going to be, be like before 2017, uh, but uh, there may or may not. I'm not trying to be like ominous. It's just reality of everybody being busy. Uh, there may or may not be another episode before uh, New Year's, but 
uh, thank you for listening through 2016 and probably for many years before that. And I hope you listen in continuing in. So thank happy you. Happy holidays. Happy everybody. holidays, everyone. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, no one wants the Charlie in the box. Anyway, I don't know why that line Feliz keeps coming to Oh, I love that song. Anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for, for good. good. We're in perfect harmony. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. I love that song. Anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. We're in perfect harmony. Not now. You said that. It totally ruined you. Actually, stepped on it. No, I was. Mine was like a coda, and and after, yeah. No, we were in the part that counted. Da 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 da. You Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not a Grinch. My heart's three sizes too big. Uh, That's a medical emergency.